Hi, this is Sean Romano. This is the eighth and final episode in an eight-part series on LASIK. I'm calling it Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About LASIK, Probably. I sat down with Hunter Vision founder and refractive surgeon Joel Hunter, MD, to shine a light on the topic of LASIK and laser eye surgery. In our final episode, Dr. Hunter and I discussed the main factors to keep in mind when choosing a LASIK practice. If you're in the process of deciding where to get LASIK, this one's for you. Let's go. All right, so we're in our final episode of our big uh, series that we're calling Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About LASIK. It is. Uh, it's the finale. Yeah. The denouement. Uh, <laughs> I heard that word one time in my – it was a English class, my writing class. Oh, really? Denouement, yeah. Yeah. The I, resolution. Yeah. Is that like the resolution? I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it was, it, I think I learned about it in uh, uh, a Shakespeare – discussion mm. but it was an english class yeah, same, yeah same idea well here we are yeah we we're, we're that we're doing we're that, at thing. that we're at that yeah we're at that we're right at... now um and today we're talking about what kind of questions should should you our listener ask uh, at a lasik practice what should you look for in a lasik practice um you know there's quite a few options out there i think there's a lot of information there's a lot of misinformation we've covered some of that in our past episodes uh in this series but I'd like to get your thoughts, Dr. Hunter, on what, yeah. what kind of questions people yeah. should be asking. You know, it's this one is really uh, this idea of, you know, what questions should you ask. It it, it obviously has always mattered because, like, we've, you know, when we're trying to figure out how to tell people, like, hey, hey, we do a good job here. Uh, you're you're trying to figure <laughs> out how to how to have that sound different from regular marketing. And so there's the uh, there's the. Part of it that's just been from a from a you know provider side um, asking this question of you know <laughs> how do we get people to ask the right questions um, for their own sake I yeah mean, really it, at the end it, of the day exactly <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's not it's not to to cover up parts of it you know how do you actually go and be like no this this laser actually is better for this reason you know because nobody wants to mm-hmm. for good reason nobody wants to sit down and, and hear about the history of LASIK uh, <laughs> except for people that listen to that podcast a couple times ago so um, I got to watch it from the other side or I got to go through it from the other side when I uh, I had you know no surgery a while back and um, when I was trying to figure out where to go for that it was really weird being on the other side of it because I realized like and, and you know I'm I'm a doctor and at that point I was you know I was on staff at uh, Florida Hospital and and uh, operating there some and and so I would you know you know sit in that doctor's lounge free, they give you free cokes uh, oh man wow so you know that's where you're gonna hang out and, yeah uh, and even with that type of you know got connections there's ENTs in there so uh-huh. I, I had no idea where to go, you know, because every every website you go to, like, well, wouldn't you know it? That guy's the best, or this lady's the best, and and right. and so it's really hard to figure out that. And and you know, if they they use the new Glorpachon eight thousand or whatever, <laughs> like, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know what right. that is, and so uh, it, it's it was a challenge. But it was it was really interesting to go through that and realize like this is what everyone feels as they go through, you know, mm-hmm. this process, you know, because we see people. Uh, every day, I'd say. I mean, you're close to that. Who say this is one of three places I'm checking out, or that you know I've got uh, I'm down to you and this other guy or whatever, um, and uh, and it's just them 
it's not them trying to be like, so cut me a deal. Well, sometimes it is, uh, but <laughs> it was, it's genuinely them going through what I went through, which is like, I don't know where to go. Uh, cause I don't know enough to know right. where I should go. Uh, and so part of what we tried to be from the beginning is this idea of like, if you had a good friend who is an expert in this thing, you know, and they could tell you, you know, what to do for such and such, you know? So it'd be like, if I knew someone who, uh, happened to be a really mm-hmm. great ENT who knows what matters and what doesn't, and they lived in Oregon or whatever, they could say, oh, you should go to this person for for X, Y, or Z. And it's part of why when people are still going through the process, and it's so hard to convince people that it's not for some ulterior motive. Um, so I'll just address it directly. I'll be like, I know it seems yeah, I was impossible just say, to how believe. Can, how can I trust you? Yeah, That's exactly. What I want to know. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell people, you know, I genuinely – I, I don't care as much that you get LASIK here as that you get good LASIK. So as you're going through this, if you have any questions or you hear anything that doesn't line up with something you heard or, or you ma- you wonder if something matters more, feel free to email me and, and I, I'll, I'll write you back, you know, because I, you know, I'd mm-hmm. rather have you have an answer to the question uh, on, on what matters and what doesn't. Uh, because LASIK surgeons have kind of – LASIK marketing, I guess, more than anything, has done this – foolish thing of uh, like a Civil War soldier shot themselves in the foot uh, <laughs> and uh, they've they've created competition um, between LASIK surgeons rather than competition with glasses and contacts which is where it really shines you know right. like if it, yes. it's better than that uh, right. for for a lot of people not for not for everyone but it's like um, hey guys we're on the same side yeah the war on glasses it, and contacts very, have you yeah, heard of it it's very much this rising <laughs> tide should raise all ships um, uh, the problem is there's there's there are some ships that that aren't aren't as seaworthy i guess that's where you start to push the analogy too far uh it, but uh-huh. there there are things that do matter and things that don't matter uh and and when you get caught up in terms like you know i lasik you know with a lowercase i and when you get so branding you're saying there's branding yeah, the, the and there's all these of just branding you know and yeah. and your your way that you market your lasik is you know the picture is half normal civilian and the other cut down the middle the other half is is an astronaut and you know we do our this procedure on astronauts well that's great but <laughs> it it has nothing to do with you know the what, the laser and what it's doing with corneal curvature or why one laser matters more than another for somebody. Um, right. It's to catch somebody and be like, well, astronauts, they, they it's surely the whole, it's NASA the whole, knows. It's the kind yeah. of the endorsement mentality. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the stuff that really does matter, it's not a, it's not an extremely long list. You know, you basically just want to know that if a place is expensive, is it because of the technology or is it because, you know, they're expensive? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, because of, of, you know, marble floors or, or because of, uh, you know, uh, a reputation uh, that, that doesn't matter that much. And, and that this is not speaking of Orlando specifically, but just, right. you know, worldwide, really, uh, uh-huh. but, but definitely nationwide. I can't say as much about, you know, LASIK in uh, Turkey or wherever. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, with it being expensive, it's, it's some equipment costs more than other pieces of equipment, you know, and really? so there are, yeah, uh, you know, you get equipment that costs a lot. And then on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> equipment that doesn't cost as much. Uh, and so, but like with an eczema laser, you can get, you could, you could start a LASIK practice and hang a sign and mark it and put people in astronaut suits, uh, <laughs> you know, and call it astronaut LASIK and say how amazing it is. 
And you can do that with an eczema laser that you can get for seventy dollars to $80,000, uh, which to give you an idea of where that is on the spectrum, if you get, you know, a really the, the most advanced laser that you can that, that's going to correct a wider range of prescriptions and then prescriptions that are easy, it will, you know, have a, have a really that curvature stuff we were talking about where it's the mapping and, and how smoothly does it do this. Um, if, you know, if you're going with that, you can get a laser that's a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I used to go into detail with patients talking about the difference between, you know, how many how many hertz is it and what right. you know and 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 what's nanometers the nanometers and all that yeah stuff. you know optical zone and blending zone and all that stuff and and then I realized no one cares uh, but it's a lot easier to describe if you have somebody imagine a an eighty thousand dollar house versus a five hundred thousand dollar house you know that's that's an easier comparison so what does that what does that mean in practical terms to the average person if you're not going to get into all the all the crazy detail and the specifications that most people are just going to gloss over. If I was walking into a practice and I wanted to know about, you know, their machine, I, what I wouldn't say probably how much did this machine cost, mm-hmm. but what am I, what are some of the markers? They'd be like, this is our Keurig machine. And you'd be like, <laughs> yes, answer the question. Uh, now there's the, the markers of this are uh, if, if, if something's really branding heavy, it's it's actually uh, a warning signal, you know, and uh, because uh, there are there are eyes that do really really well on uh, wave light lasers uh, and eyes that do really well on Visex lasers. Uh, not as many that do well on Nidec lasers, but luckily that's kind of a dying brand. Um, thank goodness. Uh, but would you uh, call it Nidec? Nidec. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I think they make cameras too. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, anyway. Huh. There are um, there are different brands uh, that do different things, and and uh, with with laser, it, it matters uh, that there's not hiding behind the brand. Uh, and so okay. uh, now it, it happens to be that a wave light laser, um, which so there's really two big ones. There's two competing eczema lasers. There's there's Visex and Wavelight, and, and then the eczema laser is the one that actually reshapes the cornea. Yeah, all so the smoothie actually gets yep. you the prescription. Right. Yeah, right. And uh, and so there's two big brands, and then there's you know models within those brands, but there's the two biggies. And so the 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 fanciest wave light laser happens to cover the widest range of you know prescriptions where you can get a predictable result. Uh, I I feel comfortable saying that's not an opinion that, that that's what you know FDA trials have shown. Uh, but I don't have a problem telling people with your eyes, you will get identical results on a Visex laser. Like you'll do just as well. Um, and uh, you want people to know, you know, which, you know, which options they have, whether they're a tough prescription or an easy prescription. Um, I don't, I would, I don't believe I would say that someone who has a, who needs reading glasses uh, and we're fixing reading glasses need, you know, that's not as true for them. Um, so it, I would say the idea of how customized is what, is what the person hearing towards them, you know, uh, it, it's based on their prescription and what they need okay. rather than we do eye LASIK here, you know, or, you know, w- you know, we do, uh, astronaut LASIK or, you know, it's, uh, it's when, when things get into really flowery marketing terms, it's, it's a, it's a sign that it's a lot more based on, on a, on a brand and, and trying to fit every different shape peg into this one round hole rather okay. than, rather than trying to have it be customized. Cause there are eyes at least once a week where, I, I just tell them, with your eye, with the shape of your cornea, the laser that's going to fix it the best isn't here yet. You know, uh, it's a it's a specific type of topography, a guided a topography guided ablation that's just come, just rolled out commercially, and it's probably will be 
there in a year, but you know you should wait till then. Yeah, it has to be based on them. So if it if it feels customized to them, that matters. So you're um, saying like I I should be able to walk in and not get this pitch on the specific. This is our machine. This is our or this is our branded kind of suite or whatever whatever you want to call it. Where they're going to sit down with you and they're actually go through and say, okay, here's here's what you're a candidate for. Um, here's where you land. Here's how we think we can help, or here's where we can't. We're not going to be able to help you as well. So, you know, that combined with uh, Wavelight, VizX, those are kind of the two big brand names. And you said within those, there's there's some variation, yeah. but in general, those are good yeah. names to look the, for. Those are those are those okay. are the two biggies. Yeah, okay. and um, the the uh, the deal with you know the customized thing. You know how to how to make that you know more plane maybe because I don't, I don't feel like it's I don't feel like I said that the plainest way you could if if somebody has a bunch of astigmatism and is a candidate for LASIK or somebody is a simple minus one nearsighted really easy prescription and is a candidate for LASIK right if, if those two people are hearing the exact same thing from the doctor got it yeah uh, that's a that's a that's a warning sign and 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 uh, and how do you know if you're hearing the exact same thing if everything's talked about in real broad terms uh, okay um, yeah. Then, then that's a, that's a good way to know. And this, you know, this whole time that we're talking here, the whole point of it is is the, the people that would actually click and and want to hear about, you know, uh, what are questions you should ask a LASIK practice. Um, that type of person is the type of person that really will want to ask the question of like, for my eyes specifically, you know, w- why is LASIK an okay idea? And and they should be able to get a pretty easy answer for that. You know, there's uh-huh. not a lot of you don't have to sit and think for a long time if someone's a LASIK candidate, why they are. Uh, and you really don't have to think for a long time about what specifically about their eye, you know, can can lead us to either warn them about here's why you might have, you know, this starburst thing for longer or or less time or what, you know, you, you should be able to have a pretty specific uh, treatment mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, part of that is solved just by talking to people that are involved in that process, you know, that really are involved in the preoperative and postoperative thing. You know, the way we have it at our place is the doctors that do the surgery are the ones that are telling you about why you're a candidate or not. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel comfortable saying that there are practices, um, I don't I don't have any names, um, but there are practices where if that if they have an optometrist who doesn't do surgery, uh-huh. But has seen a hundred thousand preoperative patients and a hundred thousand postoperative patients, and and been through all the iterations of laser, and they're they're really up to date on their. That guy's going to give you really good info. You know, he's gonna, right. He's, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily it can be an it it can be an OD. It doesn't have to be an MD that's that's telling you this stuff. But um, an optometrist, not instead of an ophthalmologist. Uh, but it's a good sign. You know, if yeah. if you if your surgeon's accessible, um, right. That's probably the. There's only two others, uh, and it would be the surgeon accessibility and whether or not they use a blade. I'll do the blade one first because that one's easy. There's no reason in America right. to go a place that uses a blade anymore, uh, and they're way safer than when uh, I had LASIK with a blade. You know, uh, I, I had LASIK on my eyes, and the, it was a blade. The stats were good enough then that I thought it'd be okay, and, and I was right, and, and you know, I, I don't regret it at mm-hmm. all. But there's just no, there's absolutely. If somebody says this parachute will work. You know, ninety nine percent of the time, uh, or this parachute will work ninety nine point nine percent of the time. There's no even if the other one costs more money, you should get the one that's going to work ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Uh, 
And uh, it's a dramatic change in odds for sure. It is, yeah. And those stats, uh, those 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 exact stats aren't aren't uh, meant to point to any LASIK study. It's just there's there's just no reason to do something that's cheaper when it's something like it's just it's so much better to just wait two years until you can do the other one. You know, if if you can if you uh, you want to go somewhere where they use a laser, and I feel like that's one of the few questions about technology that's worth asking that specific question. Will a blade be used on my eye? And if the answer is yes, they will have a really good, because they've been asked that before, they'll have a really good reason why. You know, here's yeah. here's what happened with modern, you know, yeah, we get that scary because, you know, back in the day, but here's what it is with modern stuff. And everything that they're saying is true. It's just all true and still not as good as a laser. Right. And so yeah, it's, it's a good question to ask. Um, but the other one is just the accessibility of of. I wouldn't even say the doctor who did your surgery. I would say a doctor who can help you if there is a problem, uh, a doctor that can, you know, mm-hmm. there are cases where, and it's rare, I would say, you know, the, the we have one in every couple hundred people where there's extra inflammation. And usually that just needs to be treated with uh, an extra steroid drop for the first couple of days and it goes away. Right. But in cases where, you know, out of the one in 200, you're the one in a hundred out of those people where you have, you know, more inflammation and you have to have some sort of intervention where you're doing something to actually clean, you know, clean out any inflammation that's there or something like that. You know, that happens. It's rare. It's really rare, actually, if, if, if you do everything right, but, um, it can still happen because it's a human body. Uh, mm-hmm. it's completely fixable I completely fixable. And you still end up with 2020 or 2015 vision type of fixable, uh, is just, a, a surgeon who knows how to do it has to be available to do it when it needs to be done, which, right. you know, uh, and so it's, it's hard when people have a, a LASIK surgeon that they, uh, are going to see one time and that's it. And mm-hmm. then, uh, again, if there's somebody that can do the things that you need to have done, uh, then that's fine because it just, you have to have access to somebody that can fix it. Um, but I have actually like been, I have seen patients that have gotten LASIK somewhere else and had, an acute post-operative problem where I'm the one seeing, I didn't even do their surgery, but they wow. can't get in touch with the person. They can't, oh my gosh, they can't yeah. get a hold of someone that can fix what they've got wrong. And so they're, they're, um, with us because they, they, you know, can you fix this? And, um, wow. And, and part of what makes it difficult is those really rare things that even in places that have higher rates of complications, the rare ones are still the rare ones. Um, those those rare problems, uh, like you know having inflammation that might need extra drops or something like that, you you need the person who n- knows the most or has the most experience because they're the ones who've seen the rare thing before. You know, um, right. if if something gets uh, crinkled, uh, which thankfully if you, do, if, uh, if you give if you have a crinkled flap, uh, ah. if you do everything right, uh, the chances of that are about one in a thousand. But if you're that one in a thousand. It will either be a one-day annoyance because you had to have uh, that fixed the next day in a procedure that's a, you know it's a refloat yeah refloat yeah. yeah and it's a procedure that's a little less involved than the original LASIK procedure and you're better the next day and everything's fine right it can be a thing where you kind of vaguely remember that happened um, but you uh, only if somebody brings it up because your eyes are great everything's right. fine both eyes see the exact yep. same uh, or it can be something where you you can't get someone to fix it. Uh, and, and, and refloats are something that, you know, uh, not everyone does or can do. And so it, it can't be the retina guy that's covering, you know, uh, and it can't be an optometrist that doesn't operate. Right. You know, it has to be somebody that can fix it. So that'd be the other one, which is just kind of like, how do I get in touch? And Yeah. And, with the question, with the question be, Hey, do I get a special like hotline or number yeah. or something to get in touch with a, with an actual MD? 
Yeah. If something goes wrong. Yeah, that's that's right. And it's hard to find the balance of that on the medical side of things, you know, because um, I, you know, we've we've bordered on uh, at the risk of a humble brag, you know, we've bordered on the too accessible side because, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I, I have answered a lot of calls over the years, um, and many of them have been somebody who's standing in the Walgreens aisle and is like. Ask, is asking about this this brand of artificial tears. You know, they have enough now, but they're buying them to start using next month. Where it's not really, it's like 9 p.m. and it's not really an emergency. So, you know, I, I get why those walls are built, but it's more important to figure out, you know, how to how to start with there there being too much accessibility and 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 keeping the stuff that matters, which which is being able to get through when you when you need help. Um, uh, it's it, the part that doesn't work is. I don't want to get a call about somebody saying, you know, I had somebody call me once to just tell me they were going to take a shower. Uh, like it wouldn't even <laughs> ask if they could. They just were like, I'm up, I'm in the shower now. And like that, they just, wow. yeah, they just wanted to be, you know, friendly. Uh, I was like seven in the morning. Um, and, and so there's, there's, <laughs> that's so weird. And so you, you know, I, I, you get why it, it becomes difficult to, right. to be accessible, but, it it matters, you know. It really does matter that the, you at least have access to someone that can help if there is an emergency, because it's really really rare. But when it when it happens, you want someone that that can help you. So any sort of yeah number that can get you to someone that can actually help you uh, is 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 a helpful thing. You know, you don't want it to be a thing of of uh, you know uh, you're gonna talk to somebody who will then talk to someone else the next day who will talk to somebody telephone yeah, all the way down. exactly yeah so that's it but that that probably be the that probably be the big ones you know does it feel like it's does it feel like it's directly related to you which which will involve you know imaging and stuff that's that's you know someone's explaining why so not a one size fits all approach you're yeah. getting the sense that and, and then don't use a blade and then you know is someone who can uh, i don't think it necessarily has to be you know is the surgeon who did your surgery there that night, if you're at a practice where there's five LASIK surgeons and they all do the same surgery, and one of them's there, if you need them that night, yeah, that's great. You know, you just need somebody that can help you if you need it because it'll be really rare. It's just kind of like having that insurance you hope you never need to use. So um, that would be those would be the main ones. You know, yeah, those would be I, the. I think that's that's really helpful. Three, uh, three different things with the sort of three point five, maybe the the point five being the uh, the technology, the lace, this the laser. Part that yeah, mentioned. there's there is there there are differences and uh, and so yeah if if somebody's it's a bad sign if it's really hard to find what kind of laser there is on the website right it doesn't need to be on the front page or you know as a matter uh-huh. of fact it might be a warning sign if it's if it's if it's that heavily branded but uh, if you if you can't find it despite all your searching what what is the technology being used here um, that's not a good sign because what you know. They're the we're humans, and uh, and so if you if you spend a half a million dollars on something, you're going to put it somewhere on your website because uh, <laughs> right. you want the person who researched it to know that. So um, asking that, you know, being able to find that or being able to ask and get an easy answer to it, uh, it's uh, uh, you can tell when you talk to someone if if there's trained responses on how to answer questions to to get around you know what you're looking for. So, uh, but mm. yeah, that technology piece uh, it doesn't drive everything, but. Uh, but if the other part is there, which is, you know, do they care about what you're going through personally, what you're going to get personally, it'll be there because, you know, the technology part has to back that up. Right. All right. Well, that's that's helpful. Hopefully that's helpful to everybody to hear that. Well, there you have it. One last thing before we go. If you have a question for Dr. Hunter, 
or if you'd like to leave a helpful bit of feedback, you can email huntermd at huntervision.com. You can also get in touch by visiting facebook.com slash huntervision. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.